Marina Scorciani. I'm at Lottie's, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's, and I'm excited about today's show because it's going to rock. gonna be all sunshine and roses but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride Hi, hearts. Welcome to episode 157 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today we are going to cover Chicago Fire season one, episode 24. This is called Hell of a Ride. This is the season one finale. So we're just taking it all the way back to 2012. You know, that first season of, you know, this is one of Brian's favorites too, isn't it? It's one of my favorite episodes. Like if I need an episode to go back and watch just because I'm bored and I want to watch one, like I will a lot of times go back to this one. I love this episode so much. Nice, nice. Um, But before we get into that, we do have some news, which uh, we didn't cover all of the news last week. So we have a couple more things to like catch up on. But uh, we got some good news. We're, you know, we're getting back to it. So um, I'm happy to report that we are now a completely wisdom tooth free podcast. Heck yeah, we are. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I'm happy to report Bryna survived her wisdom tooth extraction surgery. Yes, I did. And I thought I was going to get put to sleep. Fun fact. And I did not. You did. Um, <laughs> no, I got sedated and she put the IV in my arm and she was like, you're going to feel a little bit of dizziness. And I was like, but it'll go away. And I was like, okay, I didn't even feel the dizziness. And then they started like moving stuff in my mouth. And then it was like 10 minutes went by and she's like, you're halfway there, sweetie. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, I was I was awake for mine, but we planned it that way. So and I, I didn't even get sedated just because like I, I had read that if you get sedated, like sometimes it makes you nauseous. And I was not about that life. I was complete. I thought I was going to get well, because they said that it was like general anesthesia. So I thought that meant I was going to get knocked out and I get it. Did, whatever. It was fine. Um, I was totally fine. No nauseous. No, no nausea. Whatever. I was fine. So, uh, yay, I'm glad you're back. I missed you for those two days, even though I talked to you like it was no big deal. Um, Yeah, and you sent me the best gift, um, the mashed potatoes and the bracelet, which I've been wearing every day. And I wore it that day to my surgery since it came the night before. I wore my bracelet to my surgery, so I appreciate it. Yeah. So, okay, news, actual news, like one Chicago news. Okay, (laughs) so over over at Deadline – they're not spoiling things yet because, you know, there's nothing to spoil yet. yet. Yeah. But we do have a little bit of casting news. So over on Chicago Med, actress Tamina Sunny is set to recur. I don't know if I said her name right. And if I did not, I am sorry. But she comes from a show called Pandora. I've never heard of it. You? Nope. Okay, so Pandora's Tamina Sunny has been tapped for a multi-episode arc opposite Nick Gelfis on the upcoming sixth season of NBC's hit drama Chicago Med. Sunny will play Dr. Sabina Varani. Supervising a clinical trial for a new medication, Dr. Varani approaches Dr. Halstead to lead the project. Okay. Okay. I, interesting. Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Well, there's there's a little bit of news we have further down the outline that talks about Hannah and her involvement in this upcoming season. So we got ourselves a little something brewing, I see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I do like that Will is going to head up a clinical trial. I mean, he's like, I feel like Will is a lot smarter than we give him credit for, but that's also because he acts like a dumbass a lot. 
But also in infection, we saw him kind of engineering that vaccine or that cure with everybody else. Yeah, that's true. We just honestly, we forget that about because they're so focused on what their roles are in the hospital, we forget about their backgrounds and the medical stuff that they've actually done. Like, I remember, I don't remember which episode it was, but I remember watching an episode of Med recently and forgetting completely that Choi is, like, an infectious disease. Like, that's his background. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. We never see him do anything, especially considering we just had infection and they didn't even mention it. I was like, what? Do you so, remember yeah. what Will did when he was in New York? Uh, I just remember that he worked for, oh, was that the, he was plastic surgeon, duh. Yeah, which doesn't really line up because then there was also that scene with Jay and Will when he first came in where Jay was like, well, why did you give up on doing cleft palates in Sudan? So. Right. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But But yeah, I mean, it should be interesting. I guess we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and um, if you guys, you guys probably heard us talk about this last week, but also Med has been in a two-week shutdown due to a member of production, two members of production actually testing positive for COVID-19. Their two weeks is about up. So I've heard that they're slowly but surely getting back to it. So hopefully we see some behind-the-scenes stuff soon. Yeah. Yeah. I miss seeing Tori. Yeah, fingers crossed. I miss seeing Tori and Nick banter like an old couple. Me too. Mm-hmm. I need them to do some like TikToks. I think they would be great at those. I just need them to t- make a TikTok and like have it just be fully Tori and Nick. I need all three shows to embrace TikTok. Fire already has. Yeah, Fire. I was like, Fire already has. We just need them to do it again this season. Yeah. I feel like we lost we lost our young person over on PD though. I feel like Lisseth was the one most likely to be on TikTok. Yeah, Marina may take that over. I feel like Marina, if anybody, would take that over. Yeah, I could see her roping Patty into one where he's just like, what am I doing here? I don't want this. <laughs> but it also being the best. Yeah, I think we're probably unlikely to get any PD ones. Fire, hopefully we'll resume soon, mm-hmm. the TikToks. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll get some med ones. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, moving on. We also have an article here from Entertainment Weekly. Bryna, please take us through. Yes, so Entertainment Weekly, the whole article was about how, like, I think it was, like, 11 different shows were affecting, you know, the how the pandemic was affecting those shows. And so they had, like, a little bit on One Chicago, um, and basically the blurb reads, as our Chicago shows return, of course, the COVID pandemic will be reflected, says Dick Wolf. On Chicago Fire and PD, there will be references to the pandemic, but they will be more subtle. For example, fewer civilians in the bullpen and fire, but med will address the pandemic head on. There will be a COVID unit in the hospital. Incoming patients will be tested by paramedics and one character will be recovering from the disease. It will be a part of daily life and adjustments will be made. Leave Maggie alone. Okay, but isn't that different from what we had read at one point about somebody quarantining this says recovering from the disease so somebody's getting covid i mean somebody had to right the cast is too big for them not to like look at somebody and be like hmm what story could we tell covid that's it well and i guess that's why i don't even understand too like i almost feel like every show ever now that is being like every fictional show that plans to address it and isn't some like sci-fi show that's not set in this reality like i feel like any show that's set in this reality has to have a character that got covid i mean I, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
was more the odds are more likely than not that somebody had COVID. Especially working in a hospital like Chicago Med. Or working on, I mean, I would even say two fire and PD, but you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. But right. yeah, I hope Maggie is not the one that got the disease, but if they had the character that quarantined, I hope it's probably Maggie and Ben just due to the fact that they were immunocompromised. Look, if Maggie and Ben are the ones who got COVID, I will lose all respect for everybody else at that hospital. I'll be like, seriously, you knew your coworker and your bestest friend was high risk and you didn't take her groceries. You didn't take care of her. You didn't make sure she stayed inside. What is wrong with you people? Well, yeah, I was going to say, I don't even know how Maggie can be at work. Right. Like, no offense, Maggie, but if you're working, then like, uh, yeah. We would have taken care of Maggie and Ben. It's just that we don't live in that universe. (laughs) Yeah, we totally would have. Totally. Yes. Yes. I would have Amazon Prime stuff to her like every day. Maggie, are you staying inside? Yes, I will send you everything you need. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. So that'll be what's going on there. And I feel like the reactions have been pretty split among people who were like, cool, they're going to tackle the pandemic. And other people who were like, I don't want to see this. You know, like I watch my TV for an escape from reality and I get both points of view. How do you feel? Yeah, I do too. But I also feel like if a show is trying to actually be set in 2020, it can't not talk about it. Yeah. Like I understand it again. Like if you're taking the show, like for example, we were just talking about Seth, like Legends. Legends isn't going to talk about COVID because that's not even set in this really reality. And if they talked about COVID, that would just kind of be weird to me. Mm-hmm. But, like, a show like this, or, like, these that are about the hospital, the fire department, and the police department, I think it'd be weird if they didn't talk about it. Exactly, yeah. And and the Chicago shows are so heavily grounded in reality that, like you said, there's just no avoiding it. Well, I think, too, like Dick Wolf was saying, that, like, it doesn't even have to be COVID all the time. Like, our, you know, we're all embracing this new reality and the fact that, Like they said, you know, there will be fewer civilians in the bullpen on fire. That's just a part of this new reality. But that's not saying, hey, as a result of COVID, nobody can come in here, blah, blah. It's not going to be like they're talking about COVID all the time, but we'll just see it in the way that things are happening now. Yeah. Yeah. So I would like to see it in the little details on fire and PD. If it's only going to be referenced in passing, I want to see it in the little details. Like I want to see Upstead come up the stairs with like Jay with his mask, like hanging off of his ear or something like little bitty things that just kind of are, you know, they resemble what we're going through right now. Right. And like when they're interviewing, you know, uh, somebody for, you know, over a PD, like they can't be standing as close to somebody because social distancing like those just those little things right so yeah I know I mean I'm 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 excited to see I don't care I don't care what they do really they could just do like they could just do a table read and film that and air three hours of that and I would watch it and be happy about it yeah a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent so we'll see we also got a scoop from TV Guide, and this is like not TV Guide online actual physical TV Guide believe it or not they still make those and They had a One Chicago scoop in there, and it was really good. Um, Our listener Haley sent it to us. Haley, thank you. Lord's work. So good. And yeah, we got a lot of scoop. And this is plot-wise, too, not just like behind-the-scenes stuff. Okay, so over on Chicago Med. So they're going to cover the pandemic from a PPE shortage perspective, which, you know, we already knew that. And I would really expect nothing less. So yeah, that's fine. 
Okay, so the, the pictures that we got were a little blurry, and so I couldn't tell if this portion of the article was talking about Latham or Lanik. Did you get a better glimpse? I think it said Latham. But also, okay, so so the scoop that we got said that Latham... I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. Hold on. Yeah, the, the scoop we got says that Latham resigns as head of the ED, but I don't think Latham is the head of the ED. I think Lanik is. Right, so I it could also just... It honestly could just be an error on their part. Mm-hmm. And that they wrote Latham and meant Lanik. Um, hold on a second. I'm trying to see if I can pull it up again. So Latham or Lanik resigns as the head of the ED for a new position in the hospital. I hope that means that our friend of the pod. It's Nate, Lanik. It's Lanik. Okay. Yeah. I hope that means Nate is uh, sticking around and uh, that means we can bother him into coming on the podcast again. Yeah. I, Yeah. It's Lanik. It says Lanik. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, the other bullet point from Med says that Natalie and Crockett and Will and Hannah are still going strong. Snap. Well, Natalie and Crockett are not officially a couple, but apparently we're getting Natalie and Crockett stuff. But they're heading in that direction. All right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I get it too, right? Because Natalie essentially was like, I know your secret. And... When you know that about somebody, I mean, I guess that puts you on, like, a different level. I'm so here for this. I know you are. So here for this. I know you are. I, yeah. (laughs) Give me all the Natalie and Crockett. You're, like, already on board that (laughs) ship, and I'm just kind of, like, standing there at the entrance, like, do I? No, not yet. Mm, eh, eh, We'll see. I'm I'm not sure if I want to board ship yet. I'm still out. Give it to me. Give it to me. Love it. Love it. So over on fire, Brett and Casey will be addressed in the first two episodes. Hallelujah. What do you think this means, though? Do you think this means, like, no, we're not getting together? Or does it mean, like, we've been hooking up during quarantine? I don't know. I don't know. I hope, though, it's not like we've been hooking up during quarantine. And then, like, I want to see their first. Here's the thing. I want to know how much of a time jump fire has had. Because I need some things. Like, I need the Brett and Casey thing. I need to see them, like, kiss. And I need to see them have that conversation of, like, do we actually go there or do we not? Yeah. I need, like, I need, I want to see that happen. So even if we get a time jump, like, part of me wants them to have waited all that time so that we can see their first kiss. Because I'll kind of be disappointed if we find out, like, Oh, yeah, by the way, we were hooking up during all quarantine and we didn't, you know, like, I'd kind of be disappointed if that was. If we're going to find out in the first two episodes, that means that there's not going to be a lot of buildup, is there? But we've been dealing with buildup for, like, a whole season now. Like, True. I mean, they've been such a slow burn. And that's why I'm saying, like, I'd be disappointed for the fact that we've had this whole slow burn with Brett and Casey if they were like, oh, yeah, by the way, we started hooking up in the, you know, time jump and you guys don't get to see it. Again, I don't think they'd go that way. I think they would give us whatever their first kiss is. But, yeah, I'd be disappointed. That'll be interesting. So, um, I don't know. Our girl Stella is taking the lieutenant's exam because hell yeah, she is. Hell yes. I yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Amazing. But Kelly might not be too happy about it. And if that's the case, I may have to punch him. But is Kelly not happy about it because he doesn't want her to take it? Or because if she takes it and passes, that means she's maybe potentially leaving 51? 
I'm thinking it's the latter. I hope it's That's the latter. That's what I was, I was like, because I was like, I don't, for someone who was so supportive of her going to all those leadership things and, you know, Girls on Fire, like, it would just be weird if you was like, oh, yeah, like, you can do all of that, but don't make it official on paper. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't see it. It's not Kelly. No, no. Um, talking about the new paramedic, Mackie, Gianna Mackie, played by Adrian Ray. She is from the same neighborhood as Cruz. So that's cool. Love it. Yeah. I, Cruz is like, this is my girl. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that's going to be Cruz. Love it. Love it. Um, Gallo and Casey are apparently going to get into it after a case. No. Oh, no. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want that. No. I don't want it. Already um, stay. No, stay away. And then, like, while we're reading all these scoops and we're just, like, so happy because everybody's coming back. And then they hit us with this line where Derek's like, don't miss the premiere's last 10 seconds. Damn it. I know. Right when you think that you're like, yay, they're coming back. They hit you with that. God fucking damn it, Dave. Over on PD. Nicole Ari Parker's character basically wants intelligence to be the new face of police reform. I say this with air quotes, um, which makes me laugh really hard. Has she ever seen an episode of the show? Uh, yeah, I. The tension between her and Voight, I'm curious to see what that's like. Yeah, it's going to be a trip for sure. Um, this next one is what really threw me for a loop. So facing hostility from the community and scrutiny from his bosses, Voight must assess whether he's part of the problem or part of the solution. At first, I was like, oh, damn. And then my second question was, hold on a second. Is Voight even capable of this? That's a great question, TBH. Um, I'll be curious to see. I'll be curious to see. Um, I obviously clearly think he's part of the problem um i'm hopeful that he can be part of the solution but we will have to see well i'm just surprised that he's i mean i'm saying is he even capable of the self-reflection no that's what i'm saying i don't think so but i will be curious to see i i I thought it was very out of character at first and then i was like well wait a second you know this kind of reflects normal real life because people do change yeah they do yeah i i mean I don't know, but I feel like for Voight, we just haven't seen us. Let's put it this way. We don't know if he's capable of doing it because we've never really seen that from Voight. Right. We've never seen that kind of self-reflection type stuff from him. So, Mm -hmm. like, I don't, I literally don't know if he's capable of it because we've just never seen that from his character. Yeah. So, interesting. Uh. Berzik are still dealing with Kim's miscarriage. Rick Eyed basically says that it has become an emotional impediment to the relationship, which I, you know, um, I was talking with somebody in our DMs about this the other day, and I was like, you know, I, I, you know, I feel like those two are, like, for Adam, there will never be anybody else but Kim, and I don't think Kim will be happy with anybody else but Adam, but the place that these two are at now is, so, it, it's a place where, like, it's beyond my comprehension. I don't even know what is going through their heads because of what they're going through. So, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know. Well, can I tell us, like, a side Berzik story real quick? Yeah. Okay, so my brother and I have been watching, I finally got him to go back and start season one of PD. 
we're almost through season one. And so obviously that's the very beginning of like Bertic. My brother's very good at like putting things together or like guessing. He's like, yeah, I kind of hate that I watched season seven because I know like, for example, so-and-so like when Jay gets shot or what, like when Antonio got shot, he's like, yeah, I know that like he didn't die because you know, he's still around and whatever and whatever and so like when you see the beginning of like Berzik flirting he's like he's like well I know they kind of have to get together eventually because of you know what happens in season (laughs) seven and I'm like yeah that's right (laughs) they do but it's just funny it's been fun watching with him I love it I love it yeah now the question is when are we getting him on the pod oh I don't know but it'll happen it will happen I'm hoping that even though he has won't have caught up because I doubt we're going to catch up in the next four weeks and make it back all the way to season seven. But I'm hoping since he's seen season seven, he'll start watching season eight with me and then I can get him on for like an F, you know, eventually. But I love it. I can't it wait. It will happen. I can't it wait. Will there is a little Upstead scoop in that article as well, just saying that they're kind of unsure whether to date because they've both dated partners before. And to that, I just like stick my tongue out and say, whatever, get over it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that is the TV it's- guide scoop. And I mean, the last bit that's going on is just we're we're back to a point where we're getting behind the scenes photos and videos and it feels so good. It's the best. I'm I'm never taking this ca- these casts for granted ever again. I just like every video. I'm just like, oh, yes, more. I know. I love it. I love it so much. It's so good. So um, I think so far the best one we've gotten was a video from Adrian where she was like saying <laughs> hi to everybody. One. And then Jesse walked in on her and she was like, do you want to come say hi? And then um, while or Eamon comes in and he's like, we got to go to work. We got to go to work. <laughs> so funny. So good. I'm obsessed. So, yeah. And Jesse um, does his, like, ninja kick. It's yes. So oh, my God. They're so cute. Also, I guess I guess it shows, like, between takes, Jesse and Eamon stay in their American accents. Yeah, I think I knew. I think we've heard that before. Because wasn't Jesse in his American accent when we met him or was he in his Aussie accent? He was Aussie. Yeah, he was in his Aussie accent. I remember that. I want to. I feel like they need to redo that bit again when they were they were trying to play that joke when he was like, "Oh, did you meet our Australian neighbors downstairs?" And Derek wanted him to do it in his accent. They got to do that again because, yeah, yeah, they just do. I always like. I, I want it to be in like the setting where like they go to a party or something and Casey's drunk and Severide's like, "Hey, Casey's got a cool party trick," and then he just like. I want to see Bowden do it at one point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So. Uh, that's all the news we have. So you guys know the deal. I mean, send it to us. It's just us and the internet. And there's a lot of other BS on the internet right now. So we can all like wade through it together and find the news and the news that matters. Right. And uh, send that our way. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. So yeah. Moving into the episode, shall we? Let's do it. Okay. So season one finale of Chicago Fire. I have, I have no other description for this episode except that it's it's chaos. I know, and that's I think honestly part of the reason why I love it is this episode has has is jam packed with so many storylines. I love the prison storyline. I don't know why, but something about that has I've just always loved that storyline. And yeah, I love this episode. Love and it. This is the kind, and this is an episode that they they haven't really revisited this style of episode in eight years now, where it's it, the whole episode is one call in one place. 
Right, for at least half of the episode. I wouldn't say it's the whole episode, but at least for half of the episode. Yeah, yeah. It's crossovers like... aside. Yeah. Because they have for crossovers, but crossovers aside. So we broke this up by storyline, of course. And just to give you an idea of, like, where we are in, you know, season one and plot-wise. So Hallie has just died, like, maybe an episode or two before. Gabby and Mills just broke up. Because... Mills found out about his mom and Bowden's past, and Gabby had known beforehand and didn't tell Mills. Important. Like, was it Gabby's place? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, It's not, but I can see why Mills was upset. I'm thinking if I were in that situation... I would want Gabby to tell me because then how did he find out again? Did somebody tell him or did he, did he just like overhear it? I don't remember. It's been a while since I actually saw, I've seen like the reveal. Um, but yeah, like I, th- I understand why Mills is upset. And I think it's also, I think it's not even that he's so upset with over that. I think it's like, yeah, he was mad at her because he didn't. she didn't tell him. But also, he's really started to see that, like, she's not really invested in their relationship. And she's kind, you know, she has feelings for Casey. And so I think he's kind of fueling his anger for that into the Bowden and Mama Mills situation. I see that, yeah. Like, I, mean, I think it's a little bit of, like, both. But I think it's more fueled by his anger about the fact that she has feelings for Casey. If I'm Mills and this giant secret is being kept from me and my significant other knows, I think I'm mad. Yeah, because when I find out, I feel like an idiot. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't know if I would be upset forever, but I'd definitely be upset for a while. Like, is it something I could get over? Maybe. Probably. But, like, I'd be upset for a little bit, for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. So that has happened. Cindy Herman is pregnant with baby number five. Shay is trying to get pregnant. Yes. Yes. I forgot about that, too. Yeah. Shay is trying to get pregnant. Mouch um, has started pen palling with a girl in Japan. Yes. Yes. My goodness. Yeah. Just. I feel like the stories were so innocent back then. I know. Crazy. So crazy. So, so crazy. So we start off with the prison fire. So everybody gets called to a structure fire at a local prison. And the prison staff is like, we're not evacuating evacuating prisoners. So, like, we turned the sprinklers off. They're staying in there. And Bowden's like, the fuck? Bowden's so pissed in this episode, and I love it. He is. He's really mad. Every little thing that the prison staff says, he's like, what do you mean? That's what, like, it's just so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. So... Truck goes into one of the pods and it's completely full of smoke and they get the fire out with no help from the prisoners and they basically find an injured prisoner and they drag him out of there. I didn't get the chance to look it up, but I think the the guy who plays this injured prisoner, I think he pops up on PD in later seasons. Probably. Yeah. Especially like the Chicago, like that happens a lot. Yeah. He looked really familiar because I think USA like ran some episode the other day where I was like, that guy looks familiar. But yeah, so did we never really got a clue on how the fire started, right? It was just the prisoners just like it trying to riot. It was an electrical fire. It was an electrical, electrical fire. fire. Remember, because it starts in the wall and then eventually it ends up in the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It started in the wall socket. Oh, yeah. 
So Mills starts helping the injured guy in the hall, but Shay and Dawson get sent in to help. Scenes between these three kill me now because I hate looking at them and be like, none of them are on the show anymore. <laughs> it makes me so sad. That's honestly one of the things that I hate about doing these old episodes, especially far back episodes like this. And you realize you're like, he's not here. Mills isn't here. Dawson isn't here. Otis isn't here. Like literally like half the cast is gone now. And you're just like, it's so sad. I know. It's so sad. So, Especially when you think about the fact that two of them are dead and two of them are just gone. It's like, oh, crazy. Uh, it, it hurts. It hurts. It just hurts. Yeah. So Shay has to go get the backboard, but his the guy's injuries are so bad and he can't stay there. Like the, the prison guard can't leave Gabby alone with the prisoner. So it's just a very awkward Mills and Gabby together stranded because the power goes out. And yeah. It's that good old trope of like, we're stuck in the elevator. Oh, no. Right. Yeah. We'll get to the Mills and Dawson stuff in a little bit. But yeah. Yeah. So the power goes out because, of course, it does. I mean, of course, that's like the that's like the trope when Severide's like, I'm going jogging and I'm just going to put my phone away. Yeah. 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 That's that. So the the power goes out and that's a problem because everything's automatic. So the power goes out, meaning that everybody is stuck where they are. And nobody from the outside can get in. Oh, God, yeah. it sounds like the past seven months of our lives. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, my God. And again, Bowden's pissed. The, the, the security guards in this episode are very abrasive because every, every question that they ask them, they're just like, we don't know. Eh, whatever. This is how it is. And Bowden's like, how the fuck are we getting my firefighters out of there? Like, what the hell are we doing? So... Yeah. Lucci is the security guard and Truck and Lucci, they get into the main part of the pod and they find a bunch of prisoners just like roaming free. This goes like full horror movie at this point because Lucci's like, what the hell are you guys doing out? And all the prisoners are like, yeah, Corbett let us out, whatever. He's like, and Corbett left you? Where is he? And the prisoners are just like whistling like, la la la, we don't know. At that point, I'm just like, run. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that's honestly kind of the reason why, like, this case is so bonkers. Like, I think that's honestly really the reason why I love this episode. It's just so, it's so crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. But also, like, compared to some of the other finales we've had, like, I, it, it's so tame, too. I would take a million prison riots over the mattress factory fire, like, any day. Right, like the case itself is crazy, but it gets solved in the end and everything's fine. Yeah. So like, I yes, I'd much rather take season one's finale ten times over. Yeah, we could just do that every year. Just like help my anxiety levels because I don't ever want to end a season with like a tea kettling water pressure system ever again. The fact that we've done that like two or three times now is just, I hate it. Hate nope. it. Nope. I really hope that the, the, the writers know that, you know, our nerves are all a little bit frayed this year, right? Like, it's just bad thing after bad thing keeps happening. Therefore, I think episode 15 should just end in a pile of puppies and rainbows, right? Forget about episode 15. Episode 1, when Derek's like, yeah, tune in to the last 10 seconds. What the fuck does that mean? That had better mean that, like, Casey takes Brett on a date and they hug. Like... <laughs> It needs to be nice and easygoing. The whole season just needs to be chill. I just, yeah, I can't, I can't. Can we just, like, maybe put Jay Halstead in, like, a giant bubble so that he can't get shot? Um, let's see. Just maybe 
Make sure that Casey doesn't like dive in any elevator shafts. <laughs> oh, that's a great episode. It is. But also, like, our nerves are frayed. I need everybody to just take it easy and, and chill this season. Can we do that? It's one Chicago. They don't know the meaning of the word chill. Just, I, no, enough with your logic. Stop that. Just, <laughs> can we get a whole B story of, like, Burg- Burgess and Ruzik, like, taking a nap? That would be, like, that's the chill content that I want. <laughs> yeah, no. <sighs> God. <laughs> so... Yeah, the prisoners are roaming free, and Casey's like, oh, hey, look, another fire in the ceiling, because, of course, of course. And so, as it turns out, which, like, this is super predictable, they open a door, and Corbett, the prison guard who was missing, like, topples out, horror movie style, and he has definitely had his neck, like, slit. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah, uh uh-huh, saw that one coming. And, of course, his keys are missing, because, of course they are. Because, of course. Because, of course. (laughs) So Bowden's finally like, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. So he's like, Kelly, go do your smart people thing and go like find your way in with your Avenger power because that's what you do. And so Kelly's like, cool, awesome, let's go. And Malch and Otis try to get to the power grid to try and like reset the power. And while that's happening, Kelly is literally like tearing down doors. I mean, like if, if Kelly's not an Avenger, can we just put him on the boys? Can he be a soup with, like, good oh. superpowers? Yes. He'd be definitely teaming up with the boys and Annie. Yes. 100%. I think he should be, like, the complete opposite of Homelander. And that that he, like, the mirror opposite. So that he has the power to, like, shoot lasers through his eyes, but, like, they're completely blue. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That would be amazing. And he uses his power for good. Not bad. Because Homelander One is One of the things asshole. that I love in this scene, though, it's just, like, a little Kelly moment when he's getting through the doors. And then he realizes he still can't get the doors off because... They're like the hinges or the way they are or whatever. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, you didn't tell me that this was going to be whatever hinges. And the guy's like, I don't know. I just work here. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He's like, fuck this shit. He's like, cat, go get whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So, yeah, Kelly's literally just like using superpowers to just go through like door through door through door. It's like if if I were to play like Chicago Fire, the video game, I would choose Kelly every time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Prop. Yeah, it would be like, choose your character. And then Kelly is just like, superpower. Oh my gosh. So that's going on. And also Dawson and Mills are still like trapped in their area. So Squad, which is really just Kelly, they free Dawson and Mills. And then they work in the basement to free the facilities guy. And that's how they get the power back up and running. So, you know, this sounds like too easy, right? So far, they're just like working their way through. And they're just like, la, 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 we're getting through this. We're going to get out. Yay. Oh, no. One of the prisoners takes Herman hostage because, of course, with a knife to his throat. Yes, yes, of course. Because when, like, anytime there's a baby coming in one Chicago, it has to go as horribly as it can. Of course. If they can't thwart the pregnancy entirely, they have to fuck with the birth. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which, by the way, if like. I was reading on Twitter this week. Um, people were talking about, like, how they want to see a Stella ride baby. I'm like, no. Given their track record, don't you dare do that to Stella. Adopt. Adopt. <gasps> Although we don't have a great track record with that either, but, like, I'd much rather see that. I just... I need an easygoing season, okay? My nerves can't take it. I know. <sighs> it's not going to happen, though. 
But yeah, so so this guy takes Herman hostage because like, yeah, totally. Let's take the guy hostage whose wife is in labor and is about to give birth to their fifth kid. Cool. Yeah, let's do it. <sighs> so this guy is not going to let him go. Casey's like, he's about to have a baby. Like, you need a hostage. You're going to take me. Which like, damn, that's my captain at the time. He's a lieutenant. No, wait, lieutenant. That's my lieutenant. <sighs> Totally ballsy of Casey too. I feel like I feel like he like like he would do so he would do the same thing now, but it's we don't see that side of Casey anymore. This is such a dark place, but I think Casey was also probably thinking that like if I were to die, then at least I'd end up back with Hallie. Oh my god, yes. I never thought of that. Yeah. Poor Casey. I just wanted to protect him this episode. He's in a dark place in this episode. He's in a really dark place. Yeah, it's it's not pretty. It's not pretty. So yeah, Casey's like, take me. Like, you want me. That's it. And the prisoner's like, no, I want the security guard. I want Lucci. And Casey just says, he's like, I'm not handing someone over to you so you can kill him. So yeah, they get the power grid back up and everything. And that's great. And while that's happening, like Lucci and all the truck guys, they manage to hide themselves inside of the prison chapel. And we see a little bit of, like, a, a Severide moment out of Casey. He gets real creative and, like, real – he, he kind of gets uh, gets crafty there and figures a way out. And so, uh, you know, yeah, the power is back up and everything. Casey devises this crazy plan to, like, use the smoke to his advantage to get everyone out, including Lucci. It's amazing. That's it's, a, like, one of my favorite. I love that moment. That's some Severide shit. It really is. Yeah. Big time. And so they get out and Casey's like, you can have Lucci. Like, he's left, whatever. And they go in there. And I mean, obviously, Lucci's not there because they gave Lucci a firefighter jacket and a helmet. From who, though? Did they just happen to have a spare from Cruz? No. Cruz takes his off and Cruz is only wearing the t-shirt and, like, his suspender pants. And he's missing his jacket and helmet. I'm so glad you paid close attention. I'm telling you, I've seen this episode, like, 10 million times. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, power is back up and everything. And then, you know, we're going to get into the baby stuff. But the minute Herman's out, he goes to not med Lakeshore because med didn't exist yet. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. And that that's the crazy ass prison riot, which like it's chaos. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. It's just chaos. It's so good. It's so crazy. And I'm so glad you outlined this. I tried to start. And honestly, there was so much happening. I was like, I can't I can't keep track. Like, how I do I organize this? I had to outline it, though, the way I had to outline it, because it is a lot to keep track of. But it was easier for me to just outline it straight as, like, a whole episode and mm-hmm. then go back and place them into storylines. Like, place the bullet points into, you know, the categories. Um, yeah. It was, it was a lot. Chaos. Chaos. So... Next up, we have Herman and the baby. This was so sweet. Brian, will you take us through this? Yes, I would love to. So Herman and Otis are hanging a banner outside of Molly's about ladies night, how there's like ladies night specials every night. And I'm just like, and Gabby even makes a comment. She's like, that's sexist. Uh, ladies night at a bar doesn't really bother me. Grant- but ladies night every night. Yeah, no, that that that's stupid. Which is literally what the banner says, ladies' night every night. Yeah, that's Drink stupid. Special. Yeah. <laughs> Gabby's like, yeah, that's sexist. Herman is like, I, I he, he has a little bit of sexist tendencies sometimes. He doesn't mean it, but yes, he definitely does. He's got some he's sexist just like, tendencies. He's just, 
he just comes from that like old school way of doing things and like i get it it's just the way he was raised and the environments he grew up in and he doesn't mean anything bad by it he just yeah yeah it comes off yeah yeah um and he mentions a comment while he and otis are hanging up his banner about how Cindy wants Herman to make a video journal for the new baby. So he's like, hey, you got any podcast equipment that'll help me with this? Because remember, Otis has a podcast at this point. Um, And so, like we said, while they're at the prison, Cindy is going into labor. And Herman finds this out as they're walking into the prison. But he's like, yeah, like, you know, we're almost there and it shouldn't take much longer. So I'll just stay and then I'll leave, which was a horrible decision on his part. Don't ever say it shouldn't take much longer on one Chicago. Yeah, because it means it'll take longer. Than it will think. take longer. And so Bowden gets updates through the whole time they get stuck in there on Sunday. And it's not the first update's not great. The baby's in distress. And so they're going to do an emergency C-section. But this is the update he elects not to worry Herman about because again Herman's at this point Herman is stuck in the pod and can't do anything about it so he's like I'm just not gonna tell him I think this was the right decision yes I think at this point it was the right decision the second one when Shay goes so when Shay goes to the hospital with their patient she gets an update on Cindy and at this point Cindy's had a baby boy but there were some complications and now the baby's in the ICU so, I think at that point, it was the right decision to tell Herman. Um, so, like you said, Herman eventually, get, once he, they get out of there, he gets an escort to the hospital. And at this point, the baby's not even getting enough oxygen. So, it's like kind of a panicky situation. But he gets there and everything's okay. So, of course, once everyone's finally out of the prison, they come to the hospital to meet the baby, who they've named Kenny. Um, and then everyone's ooing and eyeing over the baby. Oh, the baby's so cute, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Herman's like, hey, Shane's a ride. Will you stay back a second and come see Cindy? Like, she wants to see you guys. And this is, like, one of my favorite scenes of all time. Um, Cindy and Herman ask Shay and Severide if they'll be Kenny's godparents, which warmed my heart. They but, were both so happy. But, 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 I have a huge bone to pick with this because we've seen Kenny Herman how many times like a lot and we've literally never brought that back up ever again ever they've never mentioned again the fact that Severide is Kenny's godfather I mean that's a good point that's a good point like not even like a high five like I'm not saying I need a ton of I don't need a ton of like Severide and Kenny Herman content but like Kenny Herman shows at the firehouse and, like, can't even go give Severide, like, a high five. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, touche. It's very true. Uh, so, so we're going into season nine, which means that Kenny is about eight, right? Yeah, something like that. Does that make him too old to be the ring bearer at the Stellaride wedding? No. Definitely not. Okay. But, like, you know what I'm saying? It's just one of those things, like, if we ever do the episode that has been suggested to us about, like, episodes we wish hadn't been dropped or episode like storylines that we wish hadn't been dropped like this would maybe be my number one (laughs) i get it i just oh it irks me so much (laughs) especially when it's like little things that you know could have just been easily thrown in i'm not saying again i need like a whole episode devoted to severide and kenny's bond i'm not saying i need that 
But, like, come on now. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Anyway. So, the episode ends, and Herman starts making this video journal for Kenny. And, of course, he can't even get the video camera, or the phone, on the, the video on the phone doesn't work right at first. And he's, you know, because he's Herman. Um, that is totally Herman on a Zoom call in 2020. Oh, well, 100%. He's like, hey, I got my feet, you know. (laughs) Yeah, he can't even figure it out. Yeah, and then, like, Otis, Uh, or not Otis, but, like, Cindy is just like, Christopher, do you have your finger over the dot? And he's like, I know how Zoom works, Cindy. Yeah. Um, And he gives, basically, the end of the episode monologue. And it's, like, one of my favorite scenes of all of One Chicago. It almost made my top ten favorite scenes list. But it says, you know, day one, little Kenny Her- Kenny James Herman. It was a rough, kind of a rough one, for at, le- at least until you came along. Bunch of us took some knocks today, but that's the way it goes sometimes. Might as well hear that now. You came along and made a lot of people really happy, not just your old man. You're a lucky guy. You're born into a really big family. A lot of people are going to have your back no matter what. Like I said, it's not going to be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise you it's going to be one hell of a ride. My heart. I know. I love it. It's in our intro, so obviously we love that quote, but yeah. And while he's giving that speech, they're basically showing scenes that are setting up for season two. And yeah, it's just mwah, chef's kiss. It's great. So, so yeah. good. So, so good. So yeah. we've also got Mills and Dawson because they were still happening at this point. I'm, I still stand by my belief that they were not bad. For what they were, they were not bad. No. They weren't. I mean, I feel like everybody in the world except for Peter Mills knew that Peter Mills was a stepping stone to Casey. Yeah. But I also have to say that if I have to pick a Gabby relationship that's not Casey, I'm picking Jay. I'm picking Gabby and Jay over Gabby and Mills. Ooh. Ooh. Milson versus Dawstead. I don't think we've ever had this conversation. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. Hmm. Because, like, to me, Bill and Dawson, like, yes, they were good for what they were, but they just read, they just read now with so like, friends. Where at least with Gabby and Jay, like, there's a little bit of, like, chemistry and sexiness there still, no matter how many times I watch it. Mm-hmm. And that never really existed for Mills and Dawson, to me, personally. True. True. So... Okay, so Mills is still mad at Gabby for not telling him about his mom and Bowden, which, again, I get it. I get it because, I mean, I've been in situations similar to that and you feel like an idiot and you get really mad at the people who knew and didn't tell you. So, yeah, maybe not like I like it wasn't quite her place, but I think that's a kind of that's kind of an instance where like you need to just like suck it up and tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah. But it turns out squad decisions are being made that day. And and Mills is like gung-ho on making a squad. This is when he was still just like, he wanted squad and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And so Mills and Dawson are alone with their patient. And Dawson tells Peter, he's like, you know, I had good intentions with the whole Bowden Mama Mills thing. Which, like, if you fuck up like that, telling somebody that you had good intentions is probably not the best move. Yeah, I mean, but what else is she going to do? I mean... I, I guess at that point you just say, I'm sorry, and, like, try to move on. Don't try to cover your ass. But Yeah, like, an I'm sorry I fucked up is going to go a lot longer than an I'm so- or than, like, I had good intentions. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. 
So she asks if they can start over with a clean slate. And Mills is just like, we can start over with a clean slate if you can tell me that you have zero feelings for Casey. None. I love it. I, mean, I love yeah, it. It's a great, know. great pushback. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, tell me honestly that you don't have feelings for Casey. And this right here can become day one. Which like, OK. And th- this whole exchange happens, you know, in the middle of this call. And as they're putting their guy in the ambo, Dawson like waits to close the door and she's like, I can't tell you what you want to hear because then it wouldn't be the truth, which like, okay, big emotional moment. I get it. But time and place. Right. And also, I feel like. Then I think she was also asking him, you know, by the fact that she asked for a clean slate and wanted to go back to day one. That to me says she wants to be friends. She just wants him to be good and, like, you know, not mad at him, not to be mad at her. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, like, hey, can we start over, you know, as boyfriend and girlfriend or, what, you know, like, using the more specific language. Like, the language she used was interesting. Yeah, I get that. Um, but also, like, time and place. Your guy's bleeding out right in front of you. Come on. Goodness. Yeah. And so at the hospital, Mills finds out that he didn't make squad. And Bowden just explains, he's like, these things are political. It's not a reflection on you or your hard work. And Bowden's like, I don't want you to brood. You know, I want you to keep working hard and, you know, don't sulk. You'll, you'll get it next time. You'll get it next time. But Mills takes it really hard. And I've, I forgot watching this that Mills was still pretty pissed off at Bowden. Oh, yeah. Very pissy. Which, like, it shows how big of a person Mills is if he can forgive Bowden for that. Yeah, definitely. And I'm trying to remember why he, how he forgives Bowden. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. But yeah, it definitely, it says, I mean, Mills was a great character. I he mean, was. Okay. He was indeed. Hashtag bring back Mills. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, our wishlist episode is only like two weeks away. Three weeks away? Three weeks away. So. Three weeks away. Yeah. Yeah. So not only does Mills do the exact opposite of what Bowden said, he walks himself right into the 21st to get an application. What? I still can't believe that that was a fake out that they did. Could you imagine Mills as a CPD officer? No. (laughs) No. Not at all. I'm imagining Mills, like, with Burgess and Roman training him. And Roman just being like, he's too nice. What the hell? Like, this isn't going to work. And Burgess just being like, wait, give him a chance. Give him a chance. Yeah, I was going to say, everyone in intelligence is on one side of the room, and then Mills is on the other side of the room. It does not. Nope. Oh, my God. Mills would get one look at Voight and be like, I quit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So. That was a good fake out. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. So. Well, and then even in season two, like in the first episode of season two, when Antonio shows up to the firehouse and he like corners Mills in the bathroom and he's like, heard you put in an application, like, you know, whatever. It's so fun. It is hilarious. So um, we've also got Shay and Severide, which like, mm, this was so sweet. I, I totally forgot about this storyline that they like tried to get pregnant. I feel like season one of Chicago Fire was like a little bit ahead of its time. What? With what? With this this story this storyline about um you know Shay trying to get pregnant and conceiving a baby with her best friend. Yeah, that's true. In 2012, I get or 2013 at this point. Yeah, 
Something I liked about season one was that, I mean, the show had to find its footing, right? So it bounced around a lot, which was kind of hard to follow, but also made for like a really entertaining TV. And one also too, it's kind of crazy. And we talked about this when we did this episode a few weeks ago, but like the fact that they were setting up for spinoffs so early on with Boy and Antonio and like that whole thing. And like, so basically season one of Fire is also like the precursor. I mean, the pre whatever. I'm trying to think of the word. I mean, it's the launching pad. Yeah, that wasn't the word I was looking for. But yes, for uh, PD and then Med and, you know, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. but yeah, it's just kind of crazy. So like so much of season one is also devoted to setting up PD. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy. So Brenna, take us through Shay and Severide, please. Yeah, so this is there's not really a ton here, but basically Shay's a date late on her period. And so she's like, oh, I think I might be pregnant. Because again, they're trying to do I. She went through IVF with Severide and is trying to get pregnant. Um, but she... You know, went to see the doctor and is waiting for the doctor to call her and confirm results. But Herman's already considering a sure thing. And he's, like, giving Severide a pregnancy pillow. And Severide's like, what's this? And Herman's like, it's a pregnancy pillow. Shay will call you a hero for it eventually. And it's just a cute little moment. And Severide's... Severide at first... Because remember, Severide at first was not that happy about it. Or not happy about it. That's the wrong word. But, like, he was forgetting to show up to appointments and forgetting all the things. He wasn't as committed. And so, like, the fact that he was so happy in this moment, it's like, like, he really clearly wanted it to. Can we please never forget the moment when Shay didn't really ask Severide to be a donor. She just kind of, like, described what was going to happen, that, like, they were going to have sex. And she was like, so the lights will be out and you will be mounted. And I just will never forget how hilarious that scene was like earlier on in season one. I can't remember what episode it was, but that will forever just be like burned in my brain. Yeah. And so Shay ultimately though, finds out when she's outside the prison that like, you know, it didn't take. And so she's not pregnant. And so of course she's really bummed. But then the only time we really ever talk about the storyline in this episode, at least again, is at the end of the episode when Severide and Shay are walking down the street and they run into Renee. Because remember, Severide and Renee, that was a big part of season one. And Renee drops a bomb that she's pregnant. And so Severide, of course, is feeling like a mix of emotions, like happy because Renee's back. But like also kind of like she's pregnant with my baby. Okay. And like, I don't really know how to feel. But Shay just obviously clearly is just upset because she's considering what happened earlier that day that, you know. She found out she's not pregnant, and now Renee's back, and she's pregnant. It's just a whole thing. Just imagine if this had gone a completely different direction, and Shay did get pregnant, and he like they had a baby together. That would have been crazy. Oh, it would have been so crazy. Such a different show. Oh yeah, it would have been a total like um, Mark and Callie situation mm-hmm. with the baby. Oh yeah, yeah, big time, yeah. big time. But also like it, I, I don't know, those two as parents would be hilarious. Yeah. It would, again, I'm just, it would have been a completely different show. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. That would have been nuts. Yeah. God, I hated Renee. But, uh, yeah. That's, that's. Remember when she came back in season six? I, I, it was just, I, I don't, I, I still am like, why? Why? It was so unnecessary. Was that season six or seven? That was six, right? Six? Was that the first year of the podcast or the second year? 
This the first what? First year of the podcast or the second year of the podcast? I think that was the first year, right? Six would have been the first year of the podcast, yes. Yeah, I think it was. So, yeah. Yeah, and if you go back to those episodes, you'll just hear us saying the same thing of like, why? Why? Why is this necessary? It's not. (laughs) Yeah. So. Last up, we have Casey. And like, this is actually like one of my favorite Dossie scenes in this episode. So, again, I mean, Cruz, or not Cruz, Casey is like maybe two deaths or two episodes removed from Hallie's death. I think like three. Yeah, three or or three. I mean, it just happened. And he is just like, it's a huge loss. I mean, it's huge because they were going to get married and everything. And and she died a horrible death, which you will always hear us talk about. But, you know, he's still kind of struggling. And so we see this. He's at the firehouse. And we see this because Shay and Cruz kind of walk in on him. But we need to talk about this conversation that Shay and Cruz are having because Shay is giving him sex advice. It's so good. It's so funny. I I mean, we have never seen another scene like it since. No. Talking but, about how to go down on a girl. It's so good. It's so funny. I love it so much. When, that, when I rewatched it and you hear Shay just go, you would not believe how many nerve endings. I was like, huh? wait. <laughs> yeah, we definitely have not seen a scene like that in a long time. I mean, I, I just can't imagine how awkward that would be if, like, I'm talking to my coworker and, like, giving her sex advice or whatever, and we walk in on my boss. Like. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Casey, I to me, yes, I guess te- Casey technically is the boss, but, like, I think it'd be more weird if I walked, like, if Bowden walked in. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, Casey, I, I don't know. Casey, to me, wouldn't really, I don't know. Okay, so so who gives the sex advice of Firehouse 51 now? <laughs> uh that's a great question stella well before she left i would have said foster okay but now stella um i need the one shot fanfic where stella and foster are like at molly's giving gallo sex advice i need it the Gallo and Ritter, like, sex, com- I don't know. I need a co- sex conversation between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Need it. Only if Gallo gets caught giving sex advice and runs into Casey, then it's going to be real awkward. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Nothing, Dad, nothing. But no, I need the Gallo-Ritter sex conversation. Okay, yeah, just, yeah. I need it with the new generation. I yes. need it. Yes, yes. So, poor Casey, you know, he's just like, well, don't stop with the sex advice on my account, which, like, awkward. But at the end of the episode, again, we're setting up for season two, Gabby goes to Matt's house, and, like, Matt is in, like, Matt's in, like, the teeniest, tiniest little, like, saddest apartment. And, I mean, there's takeout everywhere, there's beer bottles, and there's, you know, all sorts of stuff. The details in this scene are, like, really, really good, because... On the mantle at his house or, like, on on the windowsill, wherever, you see, like, a bunch of cards that are, like, you know, well wishes and stuff after Hallie's death. The details are crazy. But Matt's just, like, sitting at the desk, just, like, numb. And Gabby's like, what the hell? Like, why is this place so messy? And Matt just turns around and he just looks at her and he's like, nothing makes sense. And he just cries on her shoulder. And that's, like, one of my favorite Dossie moments. Yeah. It's a good – I forgot about it, but it's a good one. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I just wanted to like hug him and be like, it's okay, Casey. I'm sorry. It'll all be okay. I know. I know. So I know you don't keep track of football, but um, our quarterback this past weekend like broke his ankle and like yes, as they I were, know that. yeah, he they were like hurting him off and he was crying and I just wanted to be like, where where does the line start to hug Dak Prescott? Um, <laughs> wh- where does that line start? Because I would like to stand in it six feet apart wearing a mask and and take part. I felt so bad. I was just like protect at all costs. So, yeah. So yeah, that's Casey. Poor thing. Um, some other little random tidbits here. I totally forgot game day was a season two thing. I thought game day was season one. Game day season two, because that's the whole J thing, remember? Yes, duh, Gina. Oh my goodness. That is the whole J thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And Mouch finally meets his Japanese girlfriend, Mari, which is short-lived, right? Yeah, like one episode. Yeah, one episode, yeah, maybe. it's not. It doesn't right. last that long. Was Zoya season two or season one? Zoya season two, because season one is Flacco. Cruz can only deal with one emotional obstacle at a time. Yeah. One at a time. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, just that. that, I mean, that's the episode. I feel like we kind of zipped through that. There's a lot, though. There's a lot. I I love, again, I love this episode so much. Yeah. It's, It's really good. And everybody's just so young. Yeah, they are. Just, yeah. Such babies. So innocent. Again, but again, I would take a hundred prison riots over the mattress factory fire any day. Yes, I would take yes, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Just remember those days when things were so low stress that all we were worried about was that Renee was pregnant. Wow. Yes. And Casey wasn't missing in a strip club. <laughs> we should do that. We should do the strip club watch strip club episode. Oh my god, oh, what season was that? Like three or four? Three. Three? I think that's three. Yeah. 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 And Gabby walks into Matt's apartment and he's like, she's like not even worried about the dead Russian stripper in his house. Like, yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Just Chicago <laughs> things. Yeah. Chicago things. Chicago things. So. Any other notes on this episode? No. But I'm so glad we did it. I love this episode. Love it. Love it. So. You guys know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Meet us at Molly's right across the board. Email us anytime about anything. Meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. Seriously. I mean, we're watching other things. We're going to have to do a TV roundup here pretty soon because we're watching other stuff right now that is just like amazing. So that's going on. Um, I'm like, my brain is just like scrambled eggs right now. Um, You guys, early voting is up and going right now. I think in like 46 of 50 states. And by the time this episode drops, it might be all 50. So go to the thing. Um, Yeah, that's going on. Um, If you like the show, which we really hope you do, please, 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 if you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, it would be so wonderful. And we'd so greatly appreciate that. Follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Bryna? I am at Bryna K13. So next week, we are delving into PD, and uh, we, we're, we're going to let some feelings out, because we're doing season four, episode 17. We're doing the Linstead breakup. So get your wine. Get those tweeting fingers ready. Like, let your feels out. We're just, we're going to have a big collective yell, is what we're going to do. 
See, it's so funny. Like, yes, I think about this episode as the Lindstedt breakup, of course. But I really think about this episode as the fact that we learned that Jay had a wife and was still married. And that's really what I think about when I think about this episode. The whole Jay had a wife thing is just like, it, it just gets... Save it for the five. Damn it. Damn it. I hate save when that happens. All right, just fine. No, you're week. right. You're right. Okay, I will. So um, yeah. that's going on. Um, we're doing a Stellarite episode the week after that. So the 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 episode we did a little while back on Upstead, we're going to do this again just with Stellarite. So if you guys want to start sending us your voice memos, do it. Yeah. Yeah. We would love it. We would love it. So you've got a lot of time to prep, but that's what's going on. And yeah, in the meantime, everyone have a good weekend. Go vote. And yeah, we will see you next week. Bye.